0: Welcome to the HorrorCast. We're a horror movie discussion podcast, and we have two basic types of episodes. Rotten Roundtables, where we talk about horror film news releases, and where we discuss the horror films we've recently watched. And episodes like this, where we give a deep dive into two or more horror films, sometimes wrapped around a theme. This episode is a conclusion to our David Cronenberg retrospective. We've been looking at his horror releases in the general chronological order of their release, with the exception of Videodrome, because it has been covered in a past episode. Uh, This time, we're looking at 1988's Dead Ringers and 2002's Crimes of the Future. Fair warning, we do reserve the right to spoil older films like Dead Ringers, but we will probably also be spoiling Crimes of the Future uh, because of the nature of that film. It'll be very difficult to discuss without spoilers, so this will be a spoiler episode. I'm one of your hosts tonight, Revenant Vin, uh, recording out of Connecticut. Our regular main host, Mark Nato, couldn't join us, um, unless he ends up coming in later, but uh, he is busy with work. Um, So I'm going to be picking up the hosting duties once again today. Uh, But I am joined by two lovely co-hosts, and we can introduce them now. First, we've got Taminator, recording from Kentucky. Please say hi, Tammy.
1: Hi, Tammy. There we go. (laughs) And we
0: have Jessica uh, speaking to us from Oregon, or Oregon. How do you guys say it out there?
2: Oregon. Oregon. Oregon.
0: All right, so yeah. I just got...
2: Hi, or yo, yo, what's up? <laughs> yo, yo, yo.
0: That's what they say in Oregon? <laughs>
2: uh, no, but yeah. I'm from Southern California originally, and that is oh, what we say right. there.
0: <laughs> um, So let's just jump right into this. Uh, our first okay. movie tonight is going to be 1988's Dead Ringers. Uh, first, we'll go over some of the stats and uh, information, and then we'll go on to our first impressions. So, on um, IMDB, this has a score of 7.2 out of 51,000 votes. It's pretty good. Yeah, that
3: is pretty
0: good. Uh, this is written, the script is written by David Cronenberg and Norman Snyder. It was inspired by a book, uh, which was a novelization of a real event, uh, in which, as far as I understand, two twins, uh, were found dead in an apartment in 1975. Um, Mostly due, I think, to drug abuse. Although, I think there's a possibility murder-suicide. I'm not entirely sure. They might have died a few days apart from each other. Um, but that uh, incident ended up inspiring a novel and then this is kind of taken inspiration from that. Uh, so it is not a recounting of that. It is just inspired by it. The cast. We have uh, Jeremy Irons as two roles. Uh, he's playing twins in this. Beverly and Elliot Mantle. We've got Gene- Genevieve Bujold. I I'm saying that right, mm-hmm. as Claire Nouveau, uh, Heidi von Pulaski, Pulaski <laughs> maybe, as Carrie, Barbara Gordon as Danuta, uh, Shirley Douglas as Laura, and Stephen Lack, who was in Scanners, as Anders Wallach. Uh, the synopsis, Elliot, a successful gynecologist, works at the same practice as his identical twin, Beverly, both played by Jeremy Irons. Elliot is attracted to many of his patients and has affairs with them. When he inev- inevitably loses interest, he will give the women over to Beverly, the meeker of the two, without the women knowing the difference. Beverly falls for one of their patients, Claire, play, played by Genevieve Bujold. Uh, but when she inadvertently deceives him, he slips into a state of madness. Uh, so I think that that's pretty good. Uh, let's start off with, um, well, I guess we can break for a trailer. And after we get back, uh, we'll do first impressions. Ladies
3: and gentlemen, Dr. Beverly Mantle.
2: By every scientific measure, they are absolutely the same. They share everything. You haven't
3: had any experience until I've had it too. have you got to try the movie star. She's unbelievable. Oh, Doctor, you've cured me. You mean to say there's two of them? They're twins, dear. I think we should drop her then. You drop her. I'm in love with her. I'll be love if it does this to you, can it? Doctor, I think there's something wrong with you. The patients are getting strange. What are they?
2: For working on mutant women. From David Cronenberg, who in the fly made the fantastic real. Get
3: him out of here! Radical
2: technology was required.
3: Something radical is definitely required. Now, David Cronenberg makes reality the ultimate fantasy.
2: Dead Ringers. Separation
3: can be a a terrifying thing.
0: All right, so first impressions. Let's start off with Tammy. Uh, Did you see this one when it came out in 1988? Uh, Or if not, when did you first see it? And what were your first impressions?
1: So I did see it way back in the day. Um, There was a lot of hype at that time about Jeremy Irons' um, portrayal in this. Just what a great job he did, um, which I totally agree with. Um, And I don't think I've watched it since then. I remember liking it back then. This time... I liked it, but I felt it kind of a chore to keep straight who was who, and I don't remember feeling that the first time. Um, so yeah, I this is almost like a fresh watch just because it's been, oh my God, how many years ago? <laughs> it's 1988, I don't even want to know, but 30 years ago, <laughs> 20 years ago, whatever. Um, so it feels like kind of like a fresh watch, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, I will get into what I liked and didn't like about it. But so, yeah, I'm kind of considering this a first time watch.
2: Jessica, what about you? Uh, This was actually a first time watch for me. I've always meant to watch it, especially because I do like Jeremy Irons. And especially when I was younger, he was one of my favorite actors. Um, So I've always meant to get around to it, but haven't. Um, And I was actually planning on watching it even before we said we were going to do the series because the show came out. And so, um, I was going to make myself watch the movie first and then the show, but I watched the show first (laughs) and then the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. and yeah, there are things that I definitely like about it. Uh, some things that I don't like about it. And as hard as I've been trying, I can't help but compare it to the show. Um, so that's kind of (laughs) where I'm, I'm at right now.
0: Interesting. Um, yeah, I hadn't seen this before, um, Growing up in the 80s, it wasn't really a movie that was ever on my radar. Uh, You know, I saw a lot of horror films in the 80s, but this one I don't really remember, um, you know, at least coming to my awareness. Um, In a certain way, this feels like, at least for me, to this point, Cronenberg's classiest film, uh, or at least Mm -hmm. horror film.
1: Yeah, I can Uh, see that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the
0: filming and direction are really good, including, I really like the sets in this one. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Cronenberg, he has a reputation for making films that feel emotionally disconnected. I don't know if that's always, you know, <laughs> true uh, in actuality. You know, they're, they're highly cerebral, but I guess for a lot of people, they don't always make that human connection. And I can see where that reputation comes from. Um, again, I don't always think it's deserved, but there are some exceptions to that. Uh, the Fly, I think, is the most obvious example where it doesn't fit that, um, that mold. Um, but I'd also say this movie. I think uh, Jeremy Irons, he's excellent in this dual performance um yeah. and this is a world that feels more real and lived in than really i think any of Cronenberg's previous works that we've looked at at least for me uh i was definitely impressed by the acting and the twinning effects which were entirely convincing um yes. although i would say that the story did end up feeling a little bit long to me by the end um you know, I, I, I was starting to feel the minutes a little bit. So
1: yeah, I we'll see. If,
0: yeah, I guess Tammy agrees with that. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's get started with the uh, specifics. I do like the beginning of this. Uh, we have kind of an interesting opening credit sequence with classical music and what look like images of old medical illustrations.
1: Yes, I um, love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Got
0: the, the biological uh, plus the cutting instruments. Um, I think a lot of them, if I remember correctly, I've only seen this film once were gynecological in nature, right? There's like speculums, I think and, <laughs> various devices <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's a good, a uh, good way to introduce a lot of the themes that are inside mm-hmm. this uh, film. Um, let's start off with some likes. Uh, so Jessica, you, you've been watching the show um, it, before we get to the likes. Does this, does the show follow this movie or is it really very, very different?
2: Uh, it's similar in some ways, but it is definitely its own thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest change is that the twins are played by Rachel Weiss, So that character or those characters are now female. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that having them be female, um, you know, and they're also gynecologists and they like care for the women on a level of like understanding, And they are still very kind of, like, emotionally removed, but still have more understanding, you know, of, like, I'm a female, too. You know what I mean? So it just feels, like, a lot more relatable um, to those characters.
0: That's actually really interesting, because I think that the fact that these are men is actually a pretty big part of this film. Mm -hmm. Right? That they're male gynecologists. Yeah. Um. I think we have some interesting stuff going on with gender,
2: though mm-hmm. I haven't really
0: had much time to parse out what it all might mean. <laughs> but you know, we have these two twins played by Jeremy Irons, who is has a you know kind of a deep, more baritone voice. Um, but they both have these more like feminine names, like one right. is named Beverly, yeah, yeah, and the other one is Elliot, although he goes by L,
1: mm-hmm. uh, or Ellie,
0: Ellie, yeah, Ellie, yeah. Right, so they they have these more feminine names, and they're Two males who specialize in female fertility. Um, mm-hmm. We don't actually see, I think, any women doctors in the movie. Like, these men seem to have full dominance of the female reproductive realm <laughs> in this. Um, yeah. And they take a very clinical approach to women's sexuality until Bev becomes emotionally involved with a woman.
1: Yeah. Um, really, I think
0: the first time either of them have done that. Uh, you know, and it's, it, again, we, we're getting spoilery in this, but, you know, Bev uses tools that were meant for mutant women on his brother in the end. Um, So, you know, there's a lot going on that seems very conscious decisions when it comes to gender. Um, Like Mm -hmm. I said, I haven't pieced out what it's all meant to mean, uh, but I think that's a very deliberate um, decision on, um, you know, Cronenberg's part to make these male gynecologists uh, and make them not being able to sympathize with these women. Um, th- th- and um, anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting.
1: They are, I mean, a little effeminate looking, I think they're very 80 or he, they, it's, it's one guy, <laughs> but you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like they are, um, very manscaped. Like they have kind of like the flowing hair and they're very smartly dressed, but almost like androgynous women kind of look to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just the 80sness of it. Cause there was a little bit more of that in the look back then, but I think it's, it's a also bit a
0: Jeremy Irons, right? Like mm-hmm. he's got the yeah. deep voice, but he also kind of has like a, a certain character. feminine elegance yes. to him. <laughs> you know, Perfect. like There's he's like not an, an alpha male. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um no. he's, he's 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 definitely one of those actors that I think could totally play straight or gay. Yeah, and he really mm. wouldn't have to change much no matter what he's doing, you
1: know. It's
0: <laughs> <That's> very <laughs> true. But
1: it's, his sexuality, is, both of their sexuality, is kind of ambiguous here. And it, you even get the the sense from the very opening, um, not the uh, the instrument scenes, but once we get into like the live film, and it's the two little boys and they proposition that girl for a sex act. You can tell that that means nothing to the like. It's so clinical. It's like yeah. they're seeing it as like. Let's do a, an, an uh, experiment. You know, you want to do yeah. an experiment with us? And that little girl's like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> you guys are just <laughs> creeps, you know. And he even effeminate as he kind of is, and they are very creepy at the same time, mm-hmm. too. And um there's just something so, for no real reason that I could put my finger on, very off-putting. I wouldn't want either of them coming at me with an instrument of any kind, you know. Mm. Especially that women's most vulnerable position up in the candy cane stirrups, you know, I, I just can't imagine. <laughs> so, yeah, no thank you. Well,
0: let yeah. me ask you, do you do you also find them sympathetic at all?
1: Not at all. I don't. Okay. And I now I've watched half of the... Um, the show on Prime. I haven't watched, so I don't know how it ends, but I know what Jessica's saying right away. There's some, I think a certain kind of empathy that only uh, women can understand. This is not dissing men in any way or anything. I just, I mean, imagine if you had an opening in your body and I know we all do like your mouth or your butt, I guess you can say, but you have this, there's this one opening that women have that people are constantly shoving things up from the time you become childbearing age. And it's, you're, it's such a vulnerable thing. And there's, if you watch the Rachel Wise one, there's just kind of like, just this more like an empathy that they come at the women with. Now, I don't know if it's just, I'm, I'm sure there's male doctors. I had one that I really liked that I felt was very empathetic in my childbearing years. But I it just, I don't know if it's just because these two are so clinical, but you know, like when he was hurting her with that one instrument, you could tell he t- he, he was more irritated, but he did, couldn't care less that he was hurting her. And he was just mm-hmm. kind of like more irritated by her saying, ow, 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 you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I don't know if it's just them, if it's <laughs> the characters that he's playing, it, or if these two are just so, uh, just you can't get past that creep factor, I'm not sure. So.
0: Yeah, I think it is part of um, at least Bev's character arc that he only sees women in a clinical way at first. Um, so therefore he doesn't have any kind of empathy for them, you know? Well, that uh, to
1: use the word mutant to describe a woman with a trifurcated yeah, uterus,
0: I like, know. Yeah. you know, I
1: mean, she's not, that. that's not, mutant. it's maybe a genetic anomaly, but she's not yeah. a mutant for goodness yeah. sake, you know? So I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
2: I also wasn't very empathetic towards them. And I think that that's something that probably also kind of got ruined for me because of the show. Because I Mm. care so much more about that version of those characters. Interesting. And it's, like, kind of hard to explain. Because they are still, like, emotionally distant. Especially from people that aren't them. But they do also have... Like, they're very goal-oriented still. Especially this version of Elliot. But then that version of Bev, like, really wants to make the world a better place for women. You know what I mean? And they have a lot of struggle in opening up their own clinic because they're women. And stuff like that. Mm. So... They're still like very weird and unsettling, you know, and in their own little weird twin world, but they do also feel more, it's a lot easier for me to feel empathy for them than the Jeremy Irons version.
0: Yeah. Ellie and Bev, they're kind of like, they're, they're still very almost like wall street type. Yeah. You know, like they're these Mm -hmm. urban professionals, uh, You know, like you said, they're, you know, you you say goal-oriented, you know, always shooting for their profession, uh, trying to get the next, you know, next trophy in a lot of ways, uh, build up their practice, and, uh, you know, you you can see them in a more business setting, I think, and they would still Mm -hmm. fit very, very well. Um, Yeah. uh,
1: You know, though, in the show, though, I I think, um, like I said, I haven't finished it, but the Female equivalent of the Beverly character doesn't feel like such an Achilles heel as Beverly does in the movie. At least to me, like he's kind no, of totally. like um a liability almost. Like he's being carried along very much by his brother. Or I think he would fall apart, you know. Yeah. And where I think in the um in the the show on Prime with where it's the women, it, it they just didn't make that. They both seem very I guess extremely capable. Yeah, they're two very distinct personalities definitely living in their twinning world, but mm-hmm. there's some they just have more of a human quality and they both seem like they're contributing equally to their practice where in this right. it feels like one brother is really definitely being carried along by the other although I think, you have what you have is one brother taking all of the credit for the other one's brain. I mean, that may just mm-hmm. be my opinion. I mean, get into it a little bit, well, but I um, think
0: that one of the things with these two is that they they think of themselves as living one life, right? You know, they're sharing one life, and I think that Bev is the introvert, and he's shyer, and he's more the research side of things, mm-hmm. and Ellie is the face. Right, He's the one yes. that mm-hmm. goes out and sells what they have to do. And he's the confident pitch man. Um, but I think they see themselves as living a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. Which I think becomes a major theme inside the film. Uh, yeah. But I mean, they are think,
1: Chang and Aang.
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's that story is central, I think, even to the ending. Yes. Um, and what's going on there. Uh, which we'll get to. But... Um, you know, I, th- I think this is a moment to kind of appreciate Jeremy Irons in this. Uh, you know, I know that you you said that you had a hard time kind of telling them apart, but I I was able to, I think, immediately tell which brother was which. You know, without but, them having to make it too obvious, like to signal it to the audience.
1: I should have said I found it harder as the story went on to tell them apart. Uh, and by the third act, I think, yeah, I was really having a hard time, Um and and I, I had to watch a YouTube like can you please explain the <laughs> ending to me video? And then I kind of got it, but um, yeah. When, I think once they're it's both supposed addicted, to be difficult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Towards the end yeah. to tell them mm-hmm. apart. Yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. up until that point, I think that Jeremy Irons he has a whole different body language with the two,
1: yes.
0: um, but mm-hmm. it's, it's so well done. I mean, it's, it's especially impressive when you recognize that he's not playing off another actor, you know, he has to <laughs> right. imagine the conversation from the other end. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, Cronenberg kind of the way that he reveals things, I think, is really good. Um, at first, he shows us them on separate screens, you know, or separate shots, I should say. Um, and then, as the movie goes on, he shows them in the same frame more and more. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like lulling you into a sense that these are truly two actors at work the whole time. So yeah. the split screen doesn't really call attention to itself. And I know, I know. that he used yeah. uh, he used a brand new computer tracking for this, where I think that what it was, was the camera would do the exact same movement twice. And Jeremy Irons was able to do the, you know, basically do the performance from either end as one of the twins and then the other. But the computer also allowed them not to split the screen straight up horizontally. They could, it can move where the split was. So it it, kind of creates this seamless image. Um, I was
1: wondering as I was watching. Now, one time I could tell they had him standing in front of a screen of himself. It looked like talking to himself, almost like it was – what in one scene, I thought I could tell that. But the whole hmm. rest of the time, I was like, how are they doing that? It seems so seamless.
0: Yeah, and that final shot, I'm like – I'm looking what? at that. I'm like, how the hell did <laughs> yes. they pull that off in 1988? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, without That's CGI. Right. And, you know, now yes. you can do face swap and everything like that. But I'm like, mm-hmm. how in the hell did they pull that off? It's, yeah.
3: you it's know, really it, good. It's, it's
0: with a certain kind of split screen. You know, they must have split the screen horizontally. Um, but it's, it's like seamless. At least, you know, maybe just on my TV, I couldn't even tell.
1: No, um, I, no I mine either.
0: <laughs> and the way that Jeremy Irons has the discussion and the rhythm of the conversation it really seems like he's talking with somebody else every single time. Um so yes. I mean he is he is the highlight of this. I I was just blown away by how good Jeremy Irons did in this and like um you know I think uh was it Jessica you said that you were kind of a Jeremy Irons fan, right? Yeah. Um you know and I I also, you know, I kind of discovered Jeremy Irons in the 90s. Um, and he was also one of my favorites but you know, I didn't realize how good he was until, I think, seeing this and what he's capable of.
1: What What were some of the... I'm trying to think. What movies were you guys seeing him in in the 90s that made you like him?
0: The One of the 90s that I first saw him in was Lolita. Where he plays Humbert Humbert. I think that might have been like a, a Showtime or HBO original. Um, that's right, the I first thing I that, that I recognized him in.
2: I think the first thing I saw him in... I'm trying to remember if it was... He, it was like a Three Musketeers. Was that the one with um, Leonardo DiCaprio when he's like he's a twin and he has to wear this mask and oh, live the Man in a and the mask? Yeah, yeah He's yeah. he not as one of the Three Musketeers, right? Is that what I'm, I? think oh, that's might have been. I saw. Yeah,
0: he was like when the I more religious a one, maybe,
2: right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because when I was a kid, I like loved everything that had to do with the Three Musketeers. So I'm mm. pretty. sure. I watched that with my mom, and I was like, "Oh my god, they're all so good!"
0: And of <laughs> course, every kid at that age knew him as Scar.
2: Yeah. Uh, the oh yeah. Scar. Oh yeah. Duh. Which is fantastic. <laughs>
0: um, just one of oh, the other sorry. things that I really liked about this film was the color palette. Uh, we have so many reds and grays, um, and they're bold. Like I love the uh, the surgical outfits. Yeah, in the, in what the, the heck? theater. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they look like these blood-red Inquisitor's robes. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. such a bizarre, striking image.
1: I um, was wondering, like, when I was watching, like, is this a dream sequence? Or are they really all decked out in red? And then it seemed yeah. like, no, it was really happening. And I was like, and okay.
0: It's another instance where I couldn't quite understand what it meant. You know, like, why it looked like that, but it looked cool.
1: <laughs> and I guess that is one of the things that, that actually... Uh, from the book that did happen where one of the brothers did try to take the anesthesia. I watched, I don't know. I sent you guys that little clip about like some background on this, but that was one of the things I guess that from those original doctors that the story is based on one of them really did try to grab the anesthesia mask and breathe in the, whatever the the drug was. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So that, you know, actually happened. And so that part about them losing their practice and all that is, is true, but Man, I don't know. I've never seen a, you know, scrubs in that color. So
0: yeah, <laughs> it's an amazing. I'm image, sure it's though. just because yeah. it
2: looked really cool.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I guess you know, it, just to talk about um, some of the themes that we have here. Uh, you know, like in previous Carniberg films, we see like the dangers of over intellectualizing the body, where the body becomes something disconnected with the mind, right? And Parts can become, parts of the body can kind of become fetishized. Uh, one of them, I think Elliot says um, at one point in the book, something like, uh, I, had, I had the quote somewhere here. Yeah, I've often thought there should be a beauty contest for the insides of bodies. Um, you know, once again, they have that very clinical way of looking at women until, of course, you get Beverly uh, changing things. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, I wrote down a little bit about their journey. Um this might be a good place to kind of continue this. Uh, they act as one person for the first half of the film, but then Bev discovers love and he becomes more independent. And that what leads to the tragic end. I mean, really this is a tragic story. Um, Elliot uh, tries also to become a drug addict. So, so Beverly falls into drug addiction. Elliot joins him in order to like resynchronize himself with Beverly. Which is a weird way to try and get somebody yeah. off a drug addiction. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then it, does Elliot agree to die? Was he sacrificing himself? So was he aware of what was happening?
2: I feel like he wasn't necessarily aware of what was happening, but that he was like willing to let him do whatever he needed to do. Mm-hmm. I don't like think maybe he was not he...
0: part of the plan, but he went
2: with it. Yeah, I don't think he necessarily knew that he was gonna die, but. Well, even okay real with story, whatever was going to happen.
1: The real story with the real doctors, they don't truly know how the second one died. Mm-hmm. So, that where it ties into the Chang and Ang, like when one dies, then so did the other. Um, I think that that's kind of like what the story's trying to, like they couldn't live without each other. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess they don't really know 100%. Now, in the movie here, they, I don't want to jump ahead, but they try to become Siamese twins. So, of course, they die. But, um, yeah, and re- for the real doctors, they just were both found deceased. And they know the second doctor died up to five days later, but they're just not quite, they can't figure out exactly how. So, I I, I didn't.
0: I didn't take it as them trying to become conjoined twins. I saw them as symbolically severing themselves. You know, like when, when he's using the instruments on Elliot and killing Elliot. I saw that as him basically trying to be free of Elliot so he can be an independent person.
1: Oh, because, I...
0: <laughs> well, because remember, they they talk about Chang and Aang, right? The original Siamese twins from the 1800s. And uh, mm-hmm. the whole thing was um, Chang was very... He was a sickly of the two. And Chang ends up dying in his sleep. And Aang wakes up and dies a few hours later. And one of the stories is, at least, is that he died of fright seeing his right. brother dead. I mean, they probably shared some organs and he was probably dying. Um, but the fact that Bev kills Elliot and basically kills his like psychologically conjoined twin. And then because he kind of wakes up from his stupor and he doesn't seem to realize that he had done it. Like, right. You know, he doesn't really remember it. And then he goes downstairs, picks up the phone and then he goes back up and seems to die. It's like, you know, seeing his dead brother who was. In a psychological sense, conjoined with him, is what ends up killing him. You know, I um, thought that's how I interpreted cut, that whole ending.
1: I thought he cut him open and then cut himself open and laid on him like Siamese twins.
0: Was he cut open though? In the no, end? I don't.
1: I mean, we didn't. Yeah, like, we never really saw. But the, he was laying in such both an. Both their angle, stomachs are
0: covered up at the end. Yes. And I don't remember seeing blood on him.
1: No, I guess I just inferred that that's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. I have no proof of that <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, why cut him open? There was no other explanation for that. You, there's ways to kill, kill. you don't have to kill someone like that, cutting them open while they're alive. And then to lay on him in very awkward way. I mean, it seemed like they were laying specifically so that their chests were together like Chang and Aang. So that's well, what I thought was they all, did. He was
0: across his lap, wasn't he? It reminded me more of like the Pieta, right? Where the the body of Jesus is laying on Mary's lap. I kind of felt like they were going for more of a religious illusion there.
1: Mm. Well, Um, there's definite draping going on. I mean, he's draped across him for sure. So I guess I'm not saying what I thought is right. That's just what I thought they had done.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I had
2: that impression too, just because they kept talking about like getting synchronized and... Wait, which impression? Uh, that he was trying to join them, like in his drug addled brain, you know, of like (laughs) not really being there. Um,
0: we came up with very opposite interpretations of that (laughs) scene.
1: (laughs) I guess I um, could just think of no other reason why he cut his chest Why he would, why
2: he would operate on him. Mm -hmm. Like, what was he doing then?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like why?
0: Yeah. I just kind of thought of it as that's something that he does. Like, you know, he's, he's a surgeon. Or he wanted to finally
1: use his
0: instruments, yeah. Yeah, but it's (laughs) yeah. I don't know. Um, Yeah, and and, and any listeners want to chime in? I'd I'd be interested (laughs) to hear your interpretation of that ending.
2: Yes, (laughs) please.
0: Um, So, so far, everything we've talked about is positive. Are there (laughs) dislikes that you guys have that we should uh, bring up?
2: Uh, I do. I felt like it was too. It's kind of weird because, like, something that I prefer about the show is, you know, that I feel like I know those characters better and can have some empathy for them. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's because it's a show, you know what I mean? So they could kind of flesh that out because they are really strange. And so it's like all we really get to see is their strangeness and their, like, need to be one, you know? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't get into anything else besides that. Um, so that kind of bothers me. But at the same time, this movie is a little too long. So I don't know how they could have made that better so that I did care more about the characters. But um, all the like all the love stuff with that one actress who was kind of like, I don't know, not very impressive to me as a person. It was kind of weird. That's
0: where I was going to go with my dislikes right there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I mean, no, I get he yeah. he doesn't usually get emotionally attached to people. So he might have just happened to get attached to someone who sucks, you know, because he doesn't know better. Um, That's
0: part of what I think kept me from, you know, loving the movie more. Was yeah. That I had a hard time seeing Claire Nouveau as a woman to grow uncontrollably obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Um, except, and,
1: except maybe because she was a mutant in their eyes you know what i mean she was something mm.
0: so, you think the mutant like, part is yeah what... because
1: they you know they just see body they don't we're saying before they don't really mm-hmm. connect on that level that it's all very medic- medical you know very yeah. clinical yeah. um maybe she was such an anomaly that because i agree i didn't I... I can see
0: that but the whole thing is she's supposed to be like a big name movie star Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know that I know that literally this actress is a movie star. Uh, but I don't get the kind of movie star screen presence that I feel like her character should really have. Yeah, you know, she's very ordinary looking. I thought, um, and she's a little bit old. Like she was pushing fifty at that point. Um, you know, which I'm saying for that character, uh, for somebody who, who was going to a fertility clinic in the very beginning to see if she could have kids, I feel like mm-hmm. that's pretty late in life to decide and, you know, to find out if you can have kids and if you're going to try and get pregnant. Um, right. so I felt like it probably should have been a younger actress who was going to a fertility clinic, but, uh, maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't know. Um, no,
1: that's why I think they had to find, it had to have been something else that they found attractive about her. I'm not trying to diss on anyone, but that actress, like, have you ever guys ever seen coma? She was in coma that Robin cook no. movie.
3: Mm-mm. I
1: liked her in that, but I think feel like everything else I've ever seen her
0: and she just mm, yeah just kind of I walked. know yeah yeah, like, Bujold, yeah she yeah. she didn't do anything for me in
2: this. Um, yeah
0: yeah
3: I mean yeah. even the
2: acting kind of fell off you know what I mean I'm, it's not just like her looks or something it yeah. was just like it wasn't clicking you know like to me it just didn't make sense
1: and I think her personality was more actually like Ellie's than um the other guy you know yeah, I, I couldn't think quite
2: was... see why she fell for Beth.
1: Well, probably because
2: opposites attract. Like, she yeah, probably maybe. doesn't want to be with another guy. jerk. You know, she wants to be the jerk in the relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, her character. I just wasn't crazy about. And it, a lot of it, I think, partly had to do with the actress. Um, I just. Uh, it, you know that, what? That she should happen with me in Cronenberg movies. There's, except for The Fly. There's always, like, one actor or actress that is don't vibe with, <laughs> you know? Did and you see she's that the, the,
1: the, the metalsmith in here was um, Nick from Shivers? Did you guys notice that? Uh, oh. No, I thought
0: it was the guy from Scanners.
1: Yes, him too. Same guy. Oh, was he, he also in Shivers? Yeah, he's the guy. He's Nick, the husband that we said was such a jerk. Oh
2: okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember him as being there. Yeah, there are a yeah. couple of those actors that he used in like several movies back then. Yeah, I don't think there's a big
0: pool of actors and actresses in Canada.
2: No, I don't <laughs> no, think so yeah, either. I
0: <laughs> think he has to take what he can get. Um, but he definitely looks that with Jeremy Irons. Uh oh, you know. For sure. Um yeah. he's finally, you know, it's, I think especially when he started getting Chris for and he was getting some real talent. I know that. You know, I know Tammy at least didn't think that he entirely fit that role, but uh, you can't deny that Walken doesn't have screen presence. Oh, I absolutely um, love that You know, no, <laughs> what I'm saying, that. like he was finally getting people who like had screen charisma.
1: <laughs> you know what I was thinking of the two women, you know, the secretary, I can't think of what her name was. Um, she was, ex- I thought, extremely attractive, very French looking. She should have traded places with Bourjois.
0: Yeah, she kind of looked like more of a movie star.
1: Yeah, character. very, very yeah. 80s good looking, but I thought she was, yeah. I thought, personally thought she was quite attractive. Looked like she mm-hmm. could have come from a Duran Duran video or something. And, <laughs> okay. But she would have been more like, to me, uh, more Hollywood star. If you're somebody who has this, you know, giant acting career. Yeah. Um, maybe those two could have traded places and it might have been a little more believable. I don't
2: know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, also, I preferred Elliot over Beverly. I'm just saying. Beverly was pretty <laughs> annoying for me.
1: Scandalous. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty whiny. Yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm.
0: sniveling and pathetic. Sniveling, yeah. totally. yes, exactly.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, he did a great job at acting both parts, and you're like, yes, these are two oh, different yeah. characters. But um, personally, I would not hang out with Beverly. <laughs> well, he is an
1: extreme... I th- I personally think he's an extremely good-looking man, and he makes Beverly yeah. unattractive. So he did a good, <laughs> good job.
2: <laughs> totally. That's so funny.
0: And what did you guys think about those surgical instruments that he creates to fix mutant women? Um, <laughs> I mean, they're kind of disturbing, but I didn't. I didn't yeah. entirely see how they fit into the rest of the film. Um, I feel, yeah. I feel like you could, you could take them out and it wouldn't change anything, unless
1: you know what. Is I there, like is there
0: like, another connection that you could find with? It you know I'm what? Missing? The connection
1: I could find is I think they morphed into the next movie that we're going to talk about. It seems yeah, I think, like I think,
0: I think th- this is a good pairing, actually.
1: Yes. Yeah. 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 I think That's they're funny. they are what is in Cronenberg's mind. I think you can almost see his evolution of his weird body things you know and this is almost Mm -hmm. like I mean they didn't look like medical instruments at all they did look like pieces of jewelry or art or something like that and I couldn't imagine what orifices they were meant to go into or whatever yeah um, yeah.
2: I mean I do like that they're used in the end on his brother I think that that makes it worth it just because he's just so far gone at that point that he's using these crazy made-up instruments that are supposed to be for fertility and women on his brother, um, but I think that also just the look is so Cronenberg, you know?
1: Yeah. Like
2: for me, yeah. it fit. I can see what you're saying too about taking it out, but I think that it provides like something interesting, you know, in an otherwise kind of like normalish uh, madness movie, as opposed to like a Cronenberg body horror movie. <laughs>
1: It might kind of uh, show how little they really understood women's bodies. Yes, I know clinically they know everything about women's bodies, but I don't, it almost seemed like those didn't have any place in a woman's body. But I think you're right too. Like if I had seen those instruments out of context, I would be like, that looks like something out of a David Cronenberg movie, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just thinking back to our earlier conversation about what it meant for him killing Elliot and the fact that he was using tools meant for women on Elliot that's one of the things that makes me think that he was, you know, Elliot was getting out of the picture so he could be with Claire, you know, so he could be with a woman. But I don't know, I just wanted to put that out there before I forgot it. <laughs> well, I don't yeah. pretend to
1: understand the ending at all, so it sounds good to me.
0: <laughs> I do like the ending, uh, I, just, I do
1: too. I just you know. can't say I understand it 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. Same with the next movie um, we're gonna talk about.
2: Yeah. Well in uh, this yeah. in the IMDB synopsis, I mean this is just added by whatever wanted to add a synopsis. But in the synopsis it says Oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because like if yes. there isn't a synopsis, you can just yes, add one. I so know. it's just some rando. But um, <laughs> but their interpretation is that in a drug-induced haze, Beverly operates on his brother using the customized tools he designed. Trying to separate them as Siamese twins,
3: okay, so it sounds like he got
2: the same interpretation as Ben.
0: Yeah, yeah That will be interesting to see. Like I said, if any listeners can want to chime in, uh, what Please. they think, because <laughs> I do think it is open to your interpretation. So, do you guys have any other notes on this one at all?
1: Let's see. Um, just some of those gyno scenes were kind of hard to watch. And I don't know if that's just from a woman point of view, but. Uh, he was just I so not
2: delicate.
1: Not. De- yes. Like, man, I would not go to that guy. <laughs>
2: yeah. Just so like uncaring.
1: Yes. Uh,
2: there was that Cronenberg
0: interview that, uh, Tammy, you shared with the, uh, the group that we have, the group chat, yeah. um, where, you know, Cronenberg talks about gynecology being so taboo, even for actors.
1: I'd like really at had least to in the 1980s, I don't mm-hmm. think it's the
0: same way today necessarily, um, but at least in the 1980s, you know, men would have no problem playing a villain or a murderer, but to play a gynecologist, they would be very reluctant to. And just how kind of taboo um, and almost disturbing for some reason gynecology mm-hmm. seemed to be, uh, at least in 1988. Well,
1: um, I'll tell you, I had my first child in 1993 and um, I had a C section because he was really big, because my husband was huge and I'm very little and anyway so (laughs) I had to have a c-section and Brian my husband like they were just starting to let men come in at that time and he had to Mm. go through this whole um 93 I mean that's a while ago but it's not that long ago and it was a you know it was a big thing that the Lake Forest Hospital was just then starting to allow dads to come in and he had to go through this whole course to be able to come in and all that stuff but it was kind of a newfangled thing to be able to come in during a c-section so I mean, I think that whole gynecology thing, yeah, I agree. Then I think we're farther along today, but I still think there's a little bit, it's still kind of kept, I don't know. It's not, I don't know. I think, I don't know, people are just uncomfortable thinking about it or talking about it. It's just something that women have to put up with, you know, I I don't say it's as taboo maybe as it was back then, but.
0: I feel like it was more of a mystery, for men back then Mm
1: -hmm. you know i
0: know you know when i look at like my grandparents generation like the man would just drop the woman off from the hospital and leave and then she'd go and give birth (laughs) and he'd come back when the baby was out um the men were not involved involved at all in that process you know Uh, i was
1: i was born in 1968 and my mom got dropped off and um I remember, like, she said that every and every woman, I was just, there was no question about it. Every woman got put to sleep, too. So, wow. and I mean, she had a natural birth. I don't know. How do you do that when you're asleep? I have no idea. But I mean, but yeah, birth she said, is a mystery maybe.
0: even to women at that point.
1: Yes. My, that's yeah. what my mom said. She felt she got, she was taken to a Catholic hospital where there was nuns. And my dad wasn't allowed to be there. She was only 19, and which... At that time, I mean, they were married. Everything was straight up and above. You know, everybody got married right out of high school. But she said that, yeah, at that time, they, they weren't told anything. You know, it was just, it was much a mystery for the woman what she was in for, I think, as it wow. was for the men, you know.
0: That's so crazy. And I think when my kids were born, I was right there in the room, of course, you know. As um, it should be, there was, yes. Mm-hmm. there's no mystery at all.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw everything. Uh, yeah. You know, which I, I just think that, you know, so much has changed. Even I'm guessing since, you know, uh, Dead Ringers came out that um, I don't think that you could make the movie the same way today, uh, you know, with with how much men are now involved in the birthing process. And, you know, I don't think gynecology is any kind of, ma- you know, mysterious mystical art
1: <laughs> Well, I mean, at
0: this point you know
1: men it's it is a, i think we are we are acknowledging now that men are as much as the process of making babies i mean there is a scene in the movie where he's like he totally shunned that woman because i guess her husband had a low sperm count or whatever we don't do men well then you can't really help this woman if you're not willing to look at the other half of the equation you know i mean yes right. men don't need maybe they don't need gynecological uh yeah. checkups every year, but there's no,
2: re-
0: they are as much. To be re- fair, it is different plumbing, but still. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right.
2: Oh no,
1: for sure. I think that. It's, I think it's yeah. more just the way he responded. Right.
0: right. He's so dismissive of her. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. But
1: you know, they weren't just gynecologists, they were fertility doctors. So I think mm-hmm. they were totally yeah. missing half of the equation by just cutting out. It's not always, yes, a woman Yes, may have bum plumbing, but a guy could also have you know, bum plumbing too. So, yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Can't really help her if you don't look at the big picture. Mm
0: -hmm. So it's interesting. I mean, I feel like this is maybe one of the last times that you could make a movie like this with this kind of male gynecologist, um, you know, this theme and and in this way. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but uh, I feel like we're kind of at the end of a a certain era. Because 1980s, you know, I, I would talk about this with people as well when it came to fatherhood, because... Um, you know, when my son was born, even, uh, I was the primary caregiver for the most part. My wife was working full-time. I had a part-time job, so I would take care of him most of the time. And I'd still have people ask me like, Oh, how's it feel to be Mr. Mom? You know? And I yeah. always be like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's uh. called dad. Call me dad, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. but like that's, you know, they're, they're all, they're referencing that 1980s movie, you know, mm-hmm. about yeah. the male having to take on primary caregiver mode. And now he is mom. Um, so you're still dealing with this very kind of, you know, uh, strict categorized gender norms um, of the 1980s that start to fall apart in the 90s. Uh, But I feel like this is at the tail end of that and still a product of the same thing. Um, Well, even
1: in the 80s, I do think still a majority of the moms were stay at home. I mean, I, I Mm -hmm. guess maybe technically I was in high school by the 80s, but kind of maybe grew up more in the seventies, but nobody's mom really worked back then. And then, and I think now I think our kids, our kids generations, it'll be a total norm where, it's whoever stays home stays home and but probably in most homes both parents will have to work to make ends meet unfortunately but um I you know a lot of people like stagger their shifts so that the, the either the dad's home or the mom's home because child care is horribly expensive you know yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um yeah. I think it's just it's there it's whoever's caring for the kids but I, I mean I totally see what you're saying I think that's just something that we're starting to shed but I would think by like our kids by the time they're you know, my, well, our my youngest kid is getting married. It'll probably be pretty normal. Cause it's just going to be how it has to be.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yep. All right. We ready to rate this one and then move on. Sure.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Tammy, you started us off with the um, first <laughs> impressions. You want to start us off with the rating?
1: Sure. Um, I'm going to give it a seven, even though like, you know, I had my issues with it. I still was pretty engrossed in it. I absolutely loved his performance. Um, I loved like the little time capsule. This kind of really felt like an eighties time capsule to me. Um, and it is David Cronenberg who I really enjoy. However, I think at this point I can say, I think I'm more of a fan of his really early work, although I do like this and I like the fly, but I think he starts to lose me definitely by this next movie that we're going to talk about, <laughs> but, um, you yeah, it was still quite enjoyable, um, I didn't have the trouble getting through it that I did the next. I don't want to talk too much about the next movie. But (laughs) this felt like I think what helped it is, like Vin said earlier, it kind of had a mainstream feel. I think it was easier for the audience to engage with. It kind of felt like the fly a little bit, and where it had like a a good story, you know, that was done very, very well. So I think it's definitely one of Cronenberg's shining stars now that we've kind of finished his filmography. I would definitely say it's one of his better ones. If somebody's just starting Cronenberg, like I've said before, don't start with shivers and rabbit and all that. Maybe start with the fly and maybe this one and get your feet wet. And uh, I think it's a good starting jumping off point, I would say. Yeah.
2: Jessica, what about you? I keep kind of going back and forth between two ratings. I'm going to give this a seven and a half out of 10. I really like it, and Jeremy Irons is really great in it. Um, You know, the one thing that just doesn't really pull me in is I don't really care about the characters. And while I'm interested in their relationships and a lot of the concepts, it's just kind of hard when you don't have anyone that you really care about, you know what I mean? Especially if it's two hours long. So that kind of knocks it down for me, but I still think that the characters are interesting enough you know, to keep me engaged. Whereas with, um, this kind of came up for me recently in uh, Brandon Cronenberg's movie from this year, which I can't recall the name of for some reason right now. Um, Infinity Pool? Yes, thank you, Infinity Pool. I also, that's another movie where I didn't care about any of the characters, but I also was a lot, like, less interested in them. You know what I mean? And I feel like this is kind of, like, the good way to do that like you don't have to like these characters but they can still be interesting and keep you more engaged um for me maybe, personally,
1: maybe you're not supposed to like them in here i'm thinking maybe you know
2: right yeah and i don't yeah. think you're supposed to an in infinity pool either but i was still just kind of like you know it's just it's a little different i feel like this is crafted a little better in regards to having characters that you're not supposed to like but still keeping you engaged in the movie um but yeah, so I fa- I find it really interesting and I think too, I just like the show so much that I can't help, but compare them. And the show is like a nine out of 10 for me. So it automatically kind of knocks this one down a little <laughs> bit, but I mean, the technique that they use for the twinning is really, really cool. So it obviously gets credit for that. Um, but yeah, I feel comfortable at, at a seven and a half and I don't know, I'd ever want to return to it, but I'm really glad that I watched it.
0: All right. Yeah. Um, I I was kind of the last thing that you said, too, is what I kept wrestling with. Is this something I'm going to return to? And at this point, I will say yes. I'll probably give it another watch at some point. Uh, So that's why I'm going to go with an eight. Um, I I think that's maybe a little bit high right now, but uh, a lot of my rating has to do with Jeremy Irons. And his amazing performance
1: yeah
0: um you're of course you have to watch it with the knowledge that he is not a real twin and when you appreciate that on the screen you see really what an achievement is going on uh it's just some terrific moments of acting and um really kind of cool uh you know cinema magic um keeping them um you know within the same frame uh both both his uh, performances uh and i do like the ending um but you know, like like you guys have kind of alluded to, it is a little bit long. Um, neither character is particularly likable, and it is a tragedy of two men basically falling into drug addiction and self destruction. Uh, so to watch two characters that you don't really like that much just kind of destroy themselves, it. It's a long movie. Yes. <laughs> you know? And that's Very what makes me playing, think, like, yes. am I going to want to repeat that viewing? Um, but again, at this point, I was so impressed with Jeremy Irons, I could totally see myself watching it again. Uh, but I don't know how much more. Like I said, I didn't connect with the Claire character or anything like that. Uh, so, 8 out of 10 for me at this point. All right. Um, so, still, no, not bad ratings all around. I know and we're all is, in a uh, row. We're all
1: in the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure this course. will be
0: low for a lot of people, though. Um, I know this is considered one of the greatest... Canadian films ever made, um, whatever that means. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I think we all liked the movie. We just had some reservations. That's all.
1: Well, you know what? Um, there's nothing good. To, there's nothing to feel good about it here. So I, I totally agree. Like I love his performance, but I know if I watch it, my tummy's gonna feel sick. Again, you know what I mean? Like, do I really want to? I don't know. It is
2: an unsettling experience overall. And, you know, I just realized we totally forgot to talk about the scene where um, Ellie's basically trying to, like, seduce his own brother with his girlfriend or whatever. Um, That was pretty weird, but definitely interesting.
1: (laughs) Well, he showed he'd crossed that line because he got the two sister Women of the night to come up mm-hmm. to his room. So he doesn't think that's gross, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Ugh.
2: Sorry, Ben, I just right. ruined everything by not mentioning that earlier. <laughs> uh,
0: no, it's okay. Um, all right. We are going to take a break and then we are going to come back with 2002's Crimes of the Future. <laughs> come on, me. Let's hide in the
2: attic. No, in the basement. <laughs> Why can't we just get in the running car?
0: Are you crazy?
3: Let's hide behind the chainsaws. Smart. <laughs> yeah,
2: okay. If you're
1: in a horror movie, you make poor decisions. That's what you do.
0: Okay. Shh. I'm being quiet, I'm breathing on me.
1: If you want to save fifteen percent or more on car insurance, you switch to Geico.
0: It's what you do.
3: I can feel you pulling things
1: around in there. <clears throat> It's a brand new organ, never before seen. We've all felt that the body
3: was empty. Empty of meaning. And we've wanted to confirm that, so that we could fill it with meaning. The world is a much more dangerous place now that pain It's all but disappeared. Surgery is sex, isn't it? Is it? Mm. You know it is. Surgery is the new sex. I don't like what's happening with the body. In particular, what's happening with my body. Which is why I keep cutting it up.
1: What do
2: you think they'd
1: find inside it? Outer
2: space. Oh. Whoops. Sorry.
3: Let us not be afraid to map the chaos inside. Let us create a map that will guide us into the heart of darkness.
0: right we are back uh if i remember correctly when we did our best of 2022 episode this movie did not appear on mark's list of top 22 or tammy's but i do think it appeared on jessica's it did uh, somewhere in the top 22 so why don't we have you start with your first impressions on this one
2: okay well first impressions i was really excited by the world itself um it obviously has like its own aesthetic, it's, you know, futuristic, it's still very Cronenberg, and all the things in it, you know, like all these machines and stuff that people use in the future are so Cronenberg-looking. Um, I just like the look of the film. I I think it looks beautiful, too. The um, cinematography looks great. So that was kind of the first thing for me, was just, like, the world was interesting, and then the world-building is really cool, um, which is always... Like one of my favorite things you know is like um world building and then like probably um a character development things like that are always like really exciting for me so i was totally won over um the first time i watched it last year and i still like it a lot this year so that's those are my first impressions
1: did you see it at the boobies jessica
2: i didn't actually i missed it I meant to, but I remember I was, like, really busy when it came out, and I didn't see it. And then I was really mad that I didn't get to see it in the theater.
0: So, Tammy, did you see this last year, and it just didn't end up making your list?
1: No, this was my first time watch of this.
0: Okay. So what do you think?
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I mess. this tells you, I messaged Jessica last night. I don't know, at, like, 9 or 10 o'clock, I'm like, Jessica, I'm on day three of trying to watch this. I'm a half hour in. Does it get any better? <laughs> and she, I had forgotten that she likes it. She messaged me back and she's like, you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> so I, out of duty, I, I did finish it. But I'm I find going to find it. I mean, I'm, I'll be able to talk about it just like as a movie reviewer. But it's very hard for me to form an opinion about something that I completely do not understand. Now, today I did watch some videos, like, please explain this movie to me. And I understand the whole plastic thing and that stuff a little better. That was very, I I just found, we'll get into it, but I just found this impossible to follow. It felt like one of those where you're starting on chapter three and the book has 10 chapters (laughs) and you end at chapter seven and you don't get you know, you that's all that you get. So I, I just don't understand where it came from. I don't understand where it was going. I don't understand what it was trying to say. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay.
0: Well, I did not end up seeing this one last year. Um, So I was definitely glad for the opportunity to watch it for this series, to finally get it watched. Um, and in certain ways, it's certainly very classic Cronenberg. Uh. It's cerebral and high concepts. You have the theme of the body kind of acting independently of the mind, um, something that he comes with up with a lot. Uh, but like some of his other films, I felt held at arm's length emotionally. Um, it's a kind of film that I found very interesting and well done, and I was engaged with intellectually. But in the end, I was kind of emotionally cold and unsatisfied. Uh, you know, this does, however, we said, turn out to be a very good companion piece to Dead Ringers. Um, We have a lot of future tech that looks like Bev's special surgical instruments. Uh, I feel like Claire having that was like redundant cervix or whatever it was um, kind of presages the spontaneous organs of this film. And mm-hmm. I had already quoted before, Elliot in Dead Ringers saying, I've often thought there should be a beauty contest for the insides of bodies. And here in Crimes of the Future, we have an inside beauty contest. Uh, yes. So I feel like, you know, Dead Ringers is kind of a prequel. And this is the dystopian future that, um, you know, the, the, the twins kind of saw coming. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I definitely had some mixed feelings about this one. Um, Let's start off with one of your your likes, Jessica. Uh, What's what's one of the more specific things that you enjoyed about this film?
2: Uh, I mean, mostly the concept. I really, really enjoy the concept of humans having to evolve to take care of our own waste in the future, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, That's probably the most exciting part for me, as well as the stuff going on with the government um, and them trying to cover stuff up you know so that people don't know the truth and they can't stop evolution and so all those things are like really cool to me um and i was totally on board and the first time i watched it i wasn't able to like connect everything right away um so i was kind of feeling the same way as tammy is like i think i understand some things but i'm definitely not getting the whole picture um but then on this watch, I just like really try to pay attention and put together the things that I had already gained from the last watch, you know, uh, with the things that I was going to get from this watch. So those are two components that I really enjoy.
0: Yeah, I would say we'll, maybe get into it a little bit later, but I feel like I was kind of getting what the film was trying to do, but I wasn't convinced by what mm-hmm. I was seeing, if that makes sense. But um, let's start with the, uh, the setting that you were talking about, because it is a cool world that's being built here. Um, Our opening shot in the film, we see a kid playing right in uh, on the shore. Uh, He's kind of like jabbing a stick into some mud or something like that, right? But in the background, we see a ship kind of turned on its side. And that
1: is the one thing on my like list other than Big O himself. <laughs> because I, <love> him. <laughs> I just love that. That's why I asked Jessica if she had seen it in the movies because I feel like this mm. might have really looked better up on that big screen. But it also, like, and then too, I sent you, I don't know if you guys watched, I sent you that interview with uh, him talking, Dave Cronenberg talking about this movie, um, which also helped me to understand a little bit better this idea that this is taking place. You know, after we've kind of done ourselves in, which I almost wish I would have like had all this information going into the movie and I might have understood it a little bit better that this is like a dystopian, I don't know, apocalypse kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I, otherwise, right. other than that, i would like, when is this supposed to be happening? What is what is happening? You know, but yeah, because um, they don't give you like a year or anything. No context whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, just at they, some
0: point in the future. That's all. it <laughs> means. <laughs> It gather. looks like,
1: yeah, the earth is ruined. Something happened, but yeah, we're not quite the sure. Buildings, but...
0: The buildings are all grimy and crumbling. And, like, there doesn't seem to be any infrastructure that's being kept up anymore. Uh, which might be partly thematic. Um, you know, and we this is a world in which people are changing. They no longer feel pain. Um, I think it's important that pain... Uh, did I mention this in the film somehow? Uh, Again, I've only seen this once, but pain is a warning, right? <laughs> that things are not okay. Uh, that people, maybe they no longer recognize. Um, that They
1: did say something about it, I w- think. W- like, wasn't
0: there some kind of yeah, line like that?
1: There so, was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so people no longer recognize or they no longer care that things are maybe crumbling or dying away. Um, and they cut themselves and modify their bodies in order to try and feel something um so because of this the old standards of beauty kind of no longer apply when the body kind of ceases to function normally i guess so we see a lot of body modifications going on uh the people uh, they're finding it more and more difficult to live in this dying environment unless their bodies are converting to digesting plastic and toxic waste which is the new abundant resource of the world. Cause we basically destroyed the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we changed the planet. And now the planet changes us, it seems right. Um, the, my problem, I kind of alluded at this before, I didn't quite understand how the world worked. Like it kind of created more questions than anything else. Like we see one plainclothes detective, but like no other authority figures. Like mm-hmm. the bureaucrats, which is like Chris and Stuart and the other guy, They kind of talk of, like, possibly getting in trouble, but I'm thinking, like, in trouble with whom? Like, who is watching? (laughs) They're in, like, this shabby office that looks like it has no funding whatsoever. Like, I don't understand who's watching them, you know, who's paying them.
1: So, Uh, let me just piggyback, because this is one thing I really didn't understand. So, you know how the two assassin women that come in with the drills and kill what's-his-face – is there is it more like is there like a shadow government going on like i didn't understand why they even killed him is it because he knew too much it almost I felt like
0: they're protecting their investments like they want to get rid of the people who don't want to use the equipment anymore if people continue to evolve and they won't need their their business
1: Wow, that's pretty so hardcore. Like it hard like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not explained. You kind of have to like try and figure this stuff out yourself, you know? Well,
1: that and then um, Vigo was like a, a double agent, you know? He's like, yeah. I, but yeah, to, to who and to what? And, but I mean, yeah. if you went by like the way Kristen, which I hate her, by the way, that also hurt the movie for me, but she <laughs> just seems so skittish and scared out like they're going to see us. They're going to they're going to find out or, you know, exactly. I'm like, who? who? Who's going to find out? Yeah.
0: Like, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be here. I might get in trouble. Like, who is watching? (laughs) You know? Like, who... I I don't understand their position. It seems like they are collecting organs and, like, cataloging them. But Mm -hmm. I don't understand if they have any authority at all. Like... Well, they had rules
1: on, like, what they could and couldn't do, so that must have come from somewhere. And then that one lady was like, I made an appointment with you to see... I felt like, you know, the the lady with the curly hair, you only see her for a couple minutes, and she told go that she made him that appointment with that other doctor. I don't even like she's mm. only, I felt like maybe she might be somebody in some kind of power, but I, I felt like there was some kind of power that we're never really like. And by power, I mean, I don't know, a shadow government or something. Exactly. Like,
0: I have no idea what it is.
1: I don't either. But you never see anybody get in trouble. The only act that was like a punishment that what seems like those two girls drilling. What was his name? No, Kircher was the kid, or whatever. That that dad in the back of the head with the drills and killing him. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. only one who like seemed to like quote unquote get in trouble for doing something, and that more seemed like um, vigilante justice than yeah. Because you know, the
0: detective guy claimed that he didn't know anything about that hit, mm-hmm. like it had nothing to do with him.
1: And like, Viggo was working for or with that detective, but for what means that didn't I didn't quite ever under. I don't
0: understand the infrastructure of this Uh -uh. because (laughs) like we like we have a mother. It's it's a pretty compelling beginning. Right. So that kid that's playing by the beach, he ends up she yells down. His mother yells down to him. Don't eat anything. And then when he comes back into the house, he starts eating the plastic trash can that's in the bathroom. And then when he's asleep, she's the mother smothers smothers him with a pillow. Right, and that's like that's a hell of an opening to a film. You're like, oh, crap, I was kind of on, on board you know? up
1: until that point. I really was. I'm yeah. like, ooh, this is going to be good. And by you know, by her saying, don't eat anything immediately, I thought organic, like don't eat any fish or any little creatures. Yeah. That. And then we find mm-hmm. out, well, no, because he's going to go eat some plastic. You know?
0: Yeah, but the thing is, okay, so she, we next time we see her, she seems to be in some kind of prison, right? Mm-hmm. But the father Doing has laundry? the body. Yeah. So, presumably, the authorities never had evidence of murder. So I think she confessed.
3: Yeah, but it doesn't seem like
0: there is a legal infrastructure that would have investigated the disappearance of a single child living in a remote area. Like, I don't see any police otherwise, you know? But this
2: is in the future. It's not going to be the same as, like, how we understand the government today, you know what I mean?
0: No, I don't expect it to operate, but I feel like when you create, even if you're creating a fantasy world, there has to be some kind of believability here and what my problem is with this world is that I'm being told that there's authority I'm being told all these things but I don't I don't believe it (laughs) you know because every time we see them outside like every time we see Vigo outside he's just like talking to the detective next to a bunch of abandoned ships I'm like what the hell is I don't understand what this world looks like (laughs) we keep seeing people in rooms or on front stoops (laughs) what's that
2: I said I believed it because they are trying to cover everything up. Cover what up, though? The
1: human evolution. You think that's what it is? The the, the shadow government doesn't want people to fear their own evolution?
0: Well, I don't think it's a shadow government. I think it is the government. Okay, yeah, the government, whoever. So- whoever yeah. I'm calling
1: it shadow because I, no, I don't even know who well, they because are. Because
0: we don't see them. <laughs> we don't
1: see them, right? <laughs> we only, but yet,
0: we hear some, about them talking yeah, about them.
1: They're, they're in but in apparently China.
0: they can perform autopsies on children out in as performance and no cops show up yes you know i don't know it's i don't understand where where the legality line well, is Well, two, even but. Vigo
1: even seemed he seemed confused by her being in there because he kind of pretty much says to her what are you doing in here he's got the body and she's like i confessed like almost <laughs> like i put myself in here i don't because i des- and she's like why and she's like because i i deserve it i i killed him but so it's almost like she volunteered herself for whatever this prison it seemed like she was doing laundry or whatever not like totally locked up in a cell or whatever but um it's almost like she volunteered to be there like put herself there out of guilt Mm -hmm. but the the, there's no repercussions for the husband just taking the body i guess i don't know
0: it's weird i don't know it's 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 one of those things that just kind of brings up more questions than anything else i'm like wait i don't understand how this this is working here um but anyhow, I mean, I, that's I mean, it I kept is running into
2: it is weird, but I don't know. I think because everyone seems like they understand what's going on in that world, that it makes me feel like I believe it. If that makes sense, like they seem like they all fit in this world. Um,
0: because it's like we have this so tech I company, for the right, who creates the bed and the feeding chair <laughs> and the autopsy machine. But we only ever see these two women technicians who mm-hmm. apparently worked for this company. And even when Caprice at one point goes to, it looks like their warehouse, it's just these two women inside this like dilapidated warehouse. And again, I'm like, is, th- is this a real company? I don't understand who's making this stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just the, the world. I understood kind of what it was trying to show me, but I, mm-hmm. I wasn't convinced in mm-hmm. the world that I was being shown. If that makes sense.
1: Yes, makes Um, it. I had
0: a hard time buying into it. Um, Yeah,
2: I mean, I admit I felt that way on the first watch, Um, and it's not like more. Slow the the second time. Yeah, I mean, I did the first time too, just because I was like, "What's happening?" Um, But I don't know. For me, it just it feels like a realized world. So even though it doesn't necessarily make sense to me, they haven't like set up rules to make me think that like they're going against their own rules in this world if that makes sense
0: well i will say this movie throws a lot at you yeah and it's done through exposition Mm
3: -hmm. so it's a lot of people
0: talking and i felt like i was trying to keep up most of the time yeah um the the second i'd kind of get like okay this is what this is another thing about this world they're already kind of going on to the next thing so Mm -hmm. i never felt like i had time to just kind of live in the world you know um Mm -hmm. but there are some really cool interesting topics that are brought up with this. Um, And we kind of have like this, these two camps inside this film, right? Um, We see technology being used to keep people as old fashioned human as possible. So that's like the chair that helps the guy eat, you know, or the bed that reacts to his pain that keeps adjusting. Um, Mm -hmm. So all that is designed to keep him as old fashioned human as possible, even though it's incredible, incredibly painful to him. And then you have um, others who want to let this new evolution kind of take its course. And that has to do with like spontaneous organ generation, you know. And we got Vigo Mortensen's character who has made a performing art out of this. So mm-hmm. his partner Caprice does public surgeries and organ removal um and she tattoos them i think right Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he gets stitched up and then after a time when he's got more organs that have been growing that they don't know if there's a purpose for them they don't let them stay in there that long Mm
3: -hmm. they're removed
0: again right but the government doesn't want people to know if these end up being useful organs because apparently they want to control evolution or something like that Uh, and that's what
2: it feels like
0: yeah, it's it's an interesting, definitely an interesting theme. And I love the whole kind of weird thing like people evolving to eat plastic. That's actually kind of really cool. Yeah. Really cool, did uh, you guys watch? Did,
1: did you watch that interview with him that I sent? I you? did see
0: like the first half of it. Yeah. How he's saying I'm that
1: eighty percent of eighty percent oh, of humans right now test positive for having plastic in their bodies, and that like microplastics, body, and yeah, stuff microplastics. Yeah, microplastics. Um, so it's kind of he and he said he wrote this. 20 years before it was made so
3: yeah,
1: uh, i mean he was kind of spot on with that i god knows what we are ingesting in our body you know <laughs> yeah serious but okay so was vigo was he just producing um these organs at an incredible rate unlike other people is that why it was he was such an anomaly that he made performance or was this was this is happening yeah, they to called everybody? it
0: accelerated evolution or something like that with him so like, he I think was. That, I, th- I think he's. he was producing them faster than average people were.
1: Okay. Because I thought, well, if this is happening, what are. Is everybody just filling up with organs and not cutting them out? Or if he was just an anomaly of some kind? Mm.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think he was just more evolved.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's. Mm, I don't know. It, I, I have such mixed thoughts about this. Before I get into like negatives anymore, <laughs> uh, Jessica, do you have other. Excuse me. Oh, it's also a voice there. Do you have other positives that you want to throw out there?
2: I mean, I do love all the performance art stuff. I think it's so fun and unique uh, to this movie and how they're getting all excited about cutting each other and doing all these weird body modifications and having the new sex and stuff like that. I just think it's really fascinating and fun. Um, I could see myself in that world hanging out with all these weirdos. (laughs) I do think that there,
0: and I'm not sure if it's a like or a dislike. Um, I, I there's a very campy quality to a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if it's intentional. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't laughing at it, but it was, uh, it was interesting. Like, you have the those two technician girls, two yeah. technician <laughs> girls, right, uh-huh. who murder people. Like, there's a scene where, like, when Caprice isn't looking, they just like get naked and crawl into a pod to surprise her <laughs> it's just like such a weird moment <laughs> you it's know awesome. like it's it's just a weird like it, it, that felt campy to me right uh seeing I think Vigo both
2: scenes are supposed to be intentionally humorous
0: I, yeah it, it's but it's weird you know um Vigo seeing him getting like knocked around the chair while he's trying to eat yeah like that's <laughs> and like him wearing like his hood and his floppy sleeves with, mm-hmm. like, the little thumb holes, you know? It's like, I don't know. It just, it's hard to take him seriously when he's looking like that. Um,
1: Why was cover- he so covered up? What was the point of See, that? So I didn't, so he wouldn't I didn't be know recognized? if he had, like,
0: sun sensitivity or what. It was a weird choice. Um
1: Sure, I thought maybe he
2: was just trying to, because he was, this was one thing that I couldn't figure out. If he was just, like, some sort of informant or if he actually was like an undercover cop or something, but I felt like he was just kind of trying to keep a low profile, you know?
0: It's because he's famous. That's like, what I wondered. I can't tell how famous you. they are because I don't understand the population of this world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's, like, 30 people who really know them or what it is. Well, um, it does
1: seem to take place on one square block, doesn't it? Other than the scene with the ship at the beginning. <laughs> like,
2: yeah. seems yeah. like a
1: very contained world.
2: It does. Right. It seems like a very, like, small town feel mm-hmm. of everybody kind of knows
1: each yeah, it other. It seems like
0: there's 30 people that live there, and that's about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that's right. Um, but, but, but the police are there and the government office is there.
0: Yeah, so but no government people. I don't right. know. It, it's... This is why I said, like, there's a weird absence that I feel in this movie that where things are talked about, but I don't feel their presence at all. Um, But we have other campy things I wrote down. Like, it was um, Caprice sucking on Vigo's new zipper. That was interesting.
1: Okay. So Uh, maybe it's just me. Can I just say here? And I, I feel like I've put the caveat out there. I am not a prude. I'm really not a prude. I can promise you that. But I can't get behind this whole sexuality of the body. Maybe it's because I'm medically trained and, you know, all day long, like people don't go to the hospital and the doctor because they're feeling great and they're having a great day. So my whole day is filled with what's going on in people's lives. And so maybe I'm just too clinical myself, but I just, that whole, you know, like I just can't, I don't know. I, that makes me very cringy and, and, now, now Jessica's saying yeah. well, I it it's hot, and, and yeah, and and maybe that's very appealing to some people. To me, I just feel like that is, uh, oh, that makes me just want I to. Mean,
0: be more to stomach zippers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
2: I'm not into like sucking on organs or anything currently, but maybe if I lived in the future, <laughs> <If> we... <laughs> you know, because I'm A- buying, I'm buying the world.
1: Good yeah. for you. I'm sure there's a color on the flag for that kind of thing. And it's just <laughs> not not
2: neat. Like they they're evolving and so their sex has to evolve too. Well,
1: or now, it's getting if they replaced, can't feel pain. Right? Yeah. So if they can't feel pain, can they not can't they feel pleasure either. So they can make pleasure whatever they want to. Like I, think, can well, you I don't know, know. We like see
3: them cutting, cutting themselves,
0: themselves Yeah, I couldn't tell if they felt good cutting themselves. Like do they feel yeah. pleasure from it or is it like you know, I mean, cause it, it says they can't feel pain, but it doesn't say that cutting feels good. Right. So I couldn't tell what the cutting actually was a lot of times. I
2: was confused about that, because if you can't feel pain, maybe it's would, a... like, cutting yourself do anything.
1: So imagine sex without feeling. Imagine, like, what's the—you're just slurping, right? Like, there's just, like, a lot of, like—you know what I mean? I don't know. Like, if you take <laughs> the pleasure out of— Sex, yeah, well, like- they're basically
0: they're desensitized,
1: right? So and your nerves—they're either-
0: going to more extremes in order to try and feel something, but I don't know if they're mm-hmm. succeeding in feeling something, right? Well,
1: I mean, like an orgasm, fifty percent of it is in your brain, right? So if you take the physical, because I mean, if you're not feeling pain, your nerves aren't aren't working correctly, so you're probably not feeling pleasure or not quite right. in the same way. So mm-hmm. maybe they have like come up with maybe tap, and you know, in real life there's taboo things that people find at turn-ons and fetishes maybe it's just the fetishness the turn-on like they have to take seek thrills where they can get them now because kind of like the physical part of sex has been taken away i mean you don't see like any penet- or the penetration into the body just not like in your standard orifices that you would normally use so there's mm-hmm. some penetration going on but maybe they're just it's it's a new kind of it's the the new sex, you know, it's an, it's a new kind of fetish, something that they've had to like seek and, and it could just be this, we're talking about how it's like seems to be a microcosm of people. Maybe it's it, it the like-minded people find these, I don't know, because even the people that aren't partaking, there's certainly plenty of people standing around watching and he seems to make his living from doing this performance art and there does seem to be a sexual quality to it. So, I mean, because like, when he, when, um, is it Claire? Is that her? And when she uh, lays down in that bed with him and, and starts getting cut on and he's like, hey, we could add this to our show. And she's like, no, this is just for us. So obviously they see that cutting a pretty intimate, um, or she does it's all, anyway. It's
0: all fetishized, right? Yeah. Right. It's, isn't like, isn't like a fetish. I mean, unless I have the definition wrong, but isn't it basically sexualizing something that is not actually in its nature sexual, like a foot fetish or you know something like that yeah, um yeah
2: i don't know what the technical definition is but that's what i always assumed
0: but i think like that's what they've done right they've they've sexualized things that are not actually sexual okay
1: fetish have any a, kind
0: of sexual function
1: a, a, an inanimate object worship for its supposed magical oh no that's a different way a form of <laughs> sexual desire in which gratification is strongly linked to a particular object or activity part or part of the body other than the sexual organs
0: yeah so they're they're fetishizing other parts of the body, mm-hmm. right? And and other their acts, own orifices, right? Right?
1: yeah,
0: right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and, and we have again one another campy thing was that guy with the ears all over his body. Ugh. You know, it, it's just it's just weird stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, it's well, I it's an it interesting concept. When they, were,
2: when they were talking about that, by the way, and she was like he can't even hear anything from those ears. It's all cosmetic. I was like, this is so funny that in the art world, they still got to find a way to talk crap about artists. They're all so shallow
0: and backstabbing. Yeah, (laughs) totally.
2: Sorry. Continue.
0: Um, No, but I mean, I think it goes to the whole thing that there's one of my problems is that there are some really great concepts in this film, but I don't feel like they're really given time to properly develop in this. Like, some things are fresh for me. like it wasn't until the last half hour of the film that I felt like I was really getting a hold on some of the characters, including Saul, like Diego Mortensen's character. Um, I didn't feel like we had a protagonist until like the third act. if yeah. we want to call him a protagonist. Uh, it felt like you know you, you kind of used a, a novelization analogy before, Tammy, but you know, I'm gonna use one a little bit different. Like it felt like somebody had adapted a thousand page sci-fi novel. And was forced to leave out all the enriching explanatory material like you know out of the less than two hour script like mm-hmm. i felt like a lot of stuff was being that's left exact, unsaid that would have been what I meant to, great say to that. put in you know <laughs> yeah. um so like just as i was getting a handle on a part of the film like i said before it's already moving on to something else and i felt like i was always playing catch up and couldn't just live in the world um and you know like, like i said the, the other thing that added to my frustration was it's hard to get a hold of the world when everything outside looks abandoned and decrepit. So like how many people are there? How come we don't see anyone else outside? You know, Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Saul and Caprice seem famous, but how big is their audience? I don't know if it's anybody outside of that room. If they broadcast this stuff on television around the world, I don't know anything about this sort of thing. You know, it's um, I felt like I was being left in the dark most of the time. Uh, But you know, so I love the concepts that are being dealt with, but I was not satisfied in the way that a lot of it played out. Yeah, and you know
1: what? I was I was co- ho- to go more science fictiony when it first started. I was hoping we were getting a like soylent green kind of a thing, you know, mm. where like this is a giant conspiracy and these organs are being used for. They want them for like food or something. That's kind of what I was hoping. That's why the government didn't want them people taking them out and all that kind of stuff. Cause yeah. I don't know. And that's why they were cataloging them. And you know, I don't know. I was hoping there was like some giant conspiracy, but it, and that's why so much secretive stuff was going. I just never kind of, I, I I guess they never even really went too far with the plastic thing like I only know about it because I read up on it afterwards what he was going for so it mm-hmm. just like I my whole thing when it was over was just like why 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 that movie <laughs> you know and, you know what Jessica this one almost would lend itself better than Dead Ringers to a series you could really flesh it out and go somewhere with this because this whole like whatever with the purple chocolate bars and all that that mm-hmm. just never really get like there's stories there that I never got to hear. I feel like it's kind of, yeah. I guess.
0: Like, I feel like it would have been better if like, I saw like something, if we had like a future Gestapo or something like that show up, you know, or we saw like armed, you know, uh, you know, police officers sort of thing, you know, that like mm-hmm. whatever that nor that, that a uh, future equivalent is like on the street somewhere you know or like Mm -hmm. blocking one of the rooms um that one little thing would have given me a little bit more of an indication of how serious this government stuff is and Mm -hmm. you know because it didn't feel like the stakes were very high even when you have like this this separatist group which seems to be huge didn't he say they have like hundreds of cells all over the world or something like that like you know they don't seem like they're going to be able to stop them <laughs> and it doesn't seem like their lives are in danger even from the government because the government didn't kill them it was like the two women who were selling you know the, the machines and fixing the machines like they're the ones that took them out um, mm-hmm. I don't know it's, it seems like the company maybe is the, <laughs> the dangerous thing
1: but <laughs> uh, almost seems like two separate stories um, the plastic story and then the Viggo Mortensen and yeah, uh, it's like there's, there's kind of too story. many things
0: in this movie and not enough, not enough of it is let to kind of marinate.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's like, again, it's a, that kind of classic Cronenberg criticism where it's highly cerebral, but not enough humanity, you know, or, <laughs> or emotion in there. Because mm-hmm. uh, that, that's the thing. What it comes down to it, I didn't care about any of these characters. Yes. I didn't care what happened to them. I didn't feel any tension, no stakes. The, the thing about this film, too, is that it feels like kind of like a consistent flat line. Yes. There are a few memorable visuals, but there are no like highs and lows. There's no tension. There's no stakes. Yep. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. care what happened to the characters one way or the other. It just kind of feels like the movie stays on one constant level throughout. There's no low and then there's no crescendo or, you know.
1: And I think that's where, you know, at the end, I think what might have been supposed to be a crescendo was the sun's body. I think that even kind of fell flat because it was. Um the whole movie was so flatline like you're saying like that it was even hard for me to feel the zing i think that that scene was supposed to be because i still couldn't totally understand what was going on or the people's reactions to it mm-hmm. um it should have been a much more emotional scene but the people standing there watching were having really no reaction to what they were seeing um i do have a question like what the heck was inside of his body, because I'm not sure I understand what was going on there, though I feel like it was something profound. But, well, I um, think
0: the government screwed him over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the, the kid yeah, they was got, actually um, born yeah. with the digestive system to digest plastic. But mm-hmm. in order to hide that, the government had Kristen Stewart's character take out his old digestive system and put in a bunch of fake ones with tattoos, so that when they opened it, they would think that the kid actually had surgically implanted digestive system.
1: Oh, and he wasn't okay. Natural. Right, I don't well. entirely
0: know when she got the opportunity to do that. But
1: I missed that completely. Because he okay. was inside
0: the kid's... The kid was inside the father's freezer. And I, I don't know. There's a lot of things I don't quite understand with this. Um, but I think that's what that whole thing was supposed to be. They basically pulled the rug out from under the father. And instead of seeing the kid's real digestive system, they saw what was replaced. So, you know, it made it look like this kid wasn't anything special when he actually was.
3: Mm-hmm. The
0: weird thing about that is with the theme, I don't know if it's a theme, but it's definitely one of the things that is part of this film is the whole like surgery is the new sex. It's very mm-hmm. weird to have that theme and then to have your kind of big set piece at the end, being a naked boy being autopsied at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's those are not two themes I want to see put together.
3: Amen um, to that.
1: Um, that's yeah, the most. That's mm-hmm. the most disturbing
0: thing, I think.
1: <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, sorry, my puppies are—they're <laughs> like giving my... their opinion.
0: Yes, <laughs> those, those guys, guys are, are wrong. Both are
2: yeah. right, wrong, <laughs> so They're like, um, why isn't anybody playing with me? <laughs> <in
0: hours?" laughs> but I don't know. I thought that was kind of a weird, a weird way to end it when you have your theme as kind of being like surgery is new sex uh or at least something with that world
1: so right what you're saying then is kristen stewart would have had sometime after the mom so kristen stewart wasn't in cahoots with the dad obviously right because they wanted two separate things yet somehow she got to the body while it was in the dad's freezer
0: yeah but i don't know but like the the other bureaucrat guy was working with that cell wasn't he not kristen stewart's character
1: Oh, the uh, the beard guy that... Um, yeah, know, was wasn't he name? kind Whippet? of working... Whippet?
0: Yeah. Wasn't Whippet working with Lang? Sort of? Like, he was kind of doing the underground stuff. So, therefore, you would think he would actually have access to the body. But I don't know when Kristen Stewart gets access to switch out these...
1: I, I think this, again, goes into what we were saying, that there's a lot going on that we're just not made privy to. And you kind of need to be made privy to, to care or understand the story.
0: Are we totally missing something, Jessica, that you picked up on your second watch?
1: I feel <laughs> like, I feel like I understood
2: it when I watched it, but thinking about it now, I'm like, uh, cause I, the first time I didn't pick up that Kristen Stewart was the one that switched out the digestive system or any of that. I was just like, what happened? Just like dammy. <laughs> and then the second time I was like, Oh, that's what's going on. But, um, I can't we are, we
0: are remembering that right though. Wasn't she the character who switched him out?
2: She is. Yeah, I can't okay. remember like when
1: she would have had
2: and that's
0: why she was it, there, but there I feel but
1: like watching. We they only know that through exposition, it. right? Was we're told yeah. that, right? Yeah. So I think that's why yeah. that kind of, I mean, now that you say it, I remember it, but it did not stick with me when I was watching it.
0: So much of this is exposition. So much yeah. of this is people in rooms talking.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because it's but tensors talking to the cop or the detective or whatever. Um, and like figuring it out while he's talking to him. And so that's right. how we find out at all.
0: And the cop knew about the organs being switched, but he didn't know mm-hmm. about the hit on the father.
2: Hmm. Right.
0: At least that's what he claims.
2: Right. Yeah. I bet the government's in cahoots with the machinery ladies.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I said a lot of cool ideas. I just, you know, I was just frustrated by a lot of the execution in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, what else do you
2: guys have in your notes? Because I'm starting to run out of mine. Uh, I remember on my first watch. I really, really didn't like Kristen Stewart's performance. Um, I still kind of don't, but it she bothered me a lot less on my second watch.
0: <laughs> See, I have but to say, I actually have the opposite reaction.
2: She yeah. was the
0: most fun for me.
2: I've heard this a kind lot of,
0: of weird corny nerd. That is <laughs> yeah. like sticking her fingers in Bego's mouth like that that was like some of the highlights of the movie for me. yeah, <laughs> just how weird that is. <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't know why her character is the only one that I just like don't actually believe, but um, but this second watch she bugged me a lot less the first time I was like, man, this feels so out of place, but this time I was a little more on board with her character. So it
0: kind of comes to that, that like I said, there's a like campiness to this whole thing that mm-hmm. um. I feel like if I was watch this with a different crowd, I would probably be laughing a lot more. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, if it's just me alone, I'm kind of like, this is weird. Um, but if I was with, like, a bunch of, like, drunk friends, we would probably be laughing a lot.
2: Oh, I'm the opposite. You know, when I, I'm by myself, I'm laughing.
0: It all depends on the movie. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> But you know, you know how you sometimes see humor more when you're with other people? um yeah yeah you can point things out i don't
2: know very true
0: yeah um do we have any more notes or should we go on to a a rating
2: the only Um, thing i want to say is that like that very last shot of vigo like crying the single tear because he's mm -hmm. like not in pain i thought that that was great i love the way like that the movie opens and the way that it ends um i feel like both of those things are pretty powerful
0: it was a this good shot. Was, I mean, he,
1: he's a good actor. I love him. I I love, like, his face is the opposite of Kristen Stewart's face. Like, I love his face and I hate her. <laughs> face.
2: Uh, um, he's so hot.
1: This is the, since 1999, this was his re- uh, return, his return, return to body horror. <laughs> I can talk.
0: Since existence. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, I haven't seen a lot of his more recent stuff. I think the last. Cronenberg movie that I had seen uh, in his post-existence world might have been The History of Violence or A History of Violence, whichever it is. I don't even know if I saw Eastern Promises. I might not have. I know I haven't seen the last few of his before this one came out. So I don't know how in keeping with this, you know, how, how this movie is compared to his most recent films. Um, this might be more in line with them as far as tone, you know, maybe some of that campiness that I was picking up on, maybe mm-hmm. that's something that he's kind of adopted more recently. I don't know. Uh, yeah,
2: I guess but, I haven't seen any of his newer stuff either. Now that I'm thinking about it,
0: yeah. I, don't, I mean, I don't get to watch a ton of movies sometimes <laughs> throughout the year. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think I've seen much since A History of Violence.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did see A History of Violence, and I, I
0: heard saw Promise really good, but.
2: Mm.
1: I haven't seen any of that.
0: But yeah, History of Violence and Easter Promises also starred Viggo Mortensen.
1: I I think I might have seen History of Violence 100 million years ago. I don't know when did that come out, but um
0: Early two thousands, I think.
1: Yeah, I think I might have seen that, but then I think the rest. Like it's...
0: fresh off of Lord of the Rings, I think when Vigo
2: it came
1: that. out in uh two thousand five. And then we left. we did Existence on the show, right? Because I think I watched it for that. Uh, we might have. Hmm, i never Maybe seen Maybe a long that. time ago. Jennifer Jason Lee? Yeah. Yeah, we did. It's been quite a, a few long, years now. Yeah, a long been doing time this ago. And I
0: can't always remember. Yeah, what I doing. know. <laughs>
1: It was weird, but I think he just he just kind of started losing me, I think, and I'm such a huge fan of his early work, and then, I don't know, he loses me after that. But there are he some is. gems in there. I, I, mean, I still respect Crash. the hell out of
0: him, and oh, I think he has yeah. great ideas. Um, it's just sometimes the, the finished product doesn't always connect with me as much as I'd like it to.
1: And mm-hmm. that maybe it's, it might be my own fault, but i am am I looking for horror movies from him all the time? It's like a Stephen King thing. Although, I mean, come on, all Stephen stuff is good, but not, not the movies necessarily. But um, <laughs> I mean, I think he has that ability like Stephen King does too, where he can tell a, another kind of story well, because he's a good storyteller when he wants to be. I just think like sometimes maybe he has a hard time getting on film what's going on in his head. Mm-hmm. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Probably he's a weirdo.
1: <laughs> I love a weirdo. I mean, I'm I'm here for it. I just
2: <laughs> yeah, their brains just work differently. Because
1: I feel like even in this movie, I can see the ideas. I just don't mm. know about the execution sometimes. You know, mm. and I think to him, he 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 sees what his masterpiece. You know, he sees what he's trying to, and he he gets it. And I think he sometimes doesn't realize maybe it's not translating too well to the audience.
0: Mm. You know? and this is a movie that I've seen very split opinions on. Um, you know, this is the one that I think didn't appear at con and, uh, there were like people walking out and the publicity was saying that it was so disturbing that people were leaving the theater. Um, I don't buy that. I don't buy that either. It wasn't that disturbing.
2: Yeah. uh, I did have a friend ask me about that when I was talking about this movie to them once they're like, Oh, isn't it really disturbing? I was like, not really. That's fine.
0: Especially, you know, (laughs) I mean, we've, horror has come a long way since, cronenberg's earlier stuff yeah you know i mean in in some ways this movie feels a little bit old fashioned i think Mm uh you know yes we have the it's timely with the plastics and you know Mm -hmm. certain things like that but um you know there's a lot of things in here that we recognize from earlier films uh you know from dead ringers or existens you know the kind of weird biotechnology stuff um Mm -hmm. so in a lot of ways it's very much old-fashioned cronenberg um
1: well, I mean, he did say he wrote it in the early '90s, and you can almost kind of feel that.
0: Yeah, and I think he also mm-hmm. said they didn't change anything Mm-mm. from his from his, the '90s, right? Like, when no. he made this, uh, and I don't know, maybe maybe we should have. I don't know. Maybe we should add some stuff. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> so I, I, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just not, you know, I, I, I wasn't really all that satisfied by the end.
1: Yeah, agree.
2: Well, I don't agree. That's good. That and. <laughs> that's why we have you okay good
0: so jessica do you want to start us off with your rating then
1: oh sure um unless you had something
0: else you wanted to throw out there but
2: no
1: no you're the you're the tammy of this episode jessica you're the outlier (laughs) (laughs)
2: um that's okay i like tammy um I don't remember what I gave it last year. I didn't go back and look, but right now I feel like I'm at an eight and a half out of ten on it. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Good. Oh no, it's like totally. That makes weird, me want to
1: like it more. I just yeah
2: yeah. I know. I would almost recommend just like trying to watch it again, but that would just be like torture for you. So <laughs> don't.
1: Uh, ask me in a couple years. Like <laughs> <Okay>. or... yeah. <laughs>
2: After the shocks worn off,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> it almost feels like this should have been a part one to a second part movie or something. I don't. Yes, know. Yeah, like that's what i thinking. Mean. It feels like the setup to something rather yes. than the actual story in some yes. ways, but yeah. Uh, so Tammy, what about you?
1: I mean, I hate to do this because it's it's David Cronenberg and it's Viggo Mortensen. You know, did you guys yeah, ever see? To your heart. Yeah. Did you guys ever see? I, this has nothing to do with anything. Did you ever see a perfect murder? With him and Gwyneth Paltrow and oh my Michael Mm -hmm. Douglas. What Um, what are you doing with your lives? Okay. Anyhow.
0: Isn't that a really older one now? Yes.
1: Yeah. I watch it. I man, I watch it like twice a year. I love it so much. Anyway, this a non horror plug if I can give one. Anyway, I hate to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like a three for me. I mean, I fought literally, that is not a joke. I've tried three times to watch this and I felt that one. Yeah, I I really hate to do that, but and you know, and it's not even like I can say it's so bad. It just really feels like a part of a movie. Like I said, like I didn't get to see the beginning, and I didn't get to see the end, and I might have missed a couple chapters in the middle. And I just, when I can take absolutely nothing from a movie and have to rely completely on a YouTube video to figure out what I just watched, and I consider myself a relatively intelligent person, then I just. It's hard for me to rate it because I got absolutely nothing from it. And this is just one of those kind of movies for me. So it's like about a three, four, maybe.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a movie you feel like you need a notepad for to keep track of.
1: And, you know, even now that I I've I know so much more, I still then it just makes me like it less. Because <laughs> when I see like they could have, I don't know, they he just could have done such a better job. Of movie making here. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not coming in as low as Tammy. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, not as high as, of course, Jessica. So um, I'm going to give this a seven. And that is like as high as I go where I didn't I don't regret watching it, you know, and I think it's worth seeing. I would recommend that people check it out, but I'm not going to return to it. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to buy it if I see it in a store. I'm not going to. You know have any desire to go back to it again um so that's kind of my my seven is like my cut off for that uh so a seven for me like ultimately i felt that the concepts were more interesting than the actual story that's being told with them um and again i wasn't engaged with the characters and their fates in a way that i would have liked so seven for me uh definitely a little more variation in scores than the last one <laughs> uh i kind of wish we could have ended this retrospective a little bit more strongly uh for Cronenberg um but we definitely had some major highlights along with this uh this journey through his stuff um maybe just before we wrap it up uh do either of you have a personal favorite of the Cronenbergs that we've looked at
1: (laughs) mine's gonna be shivers it it just always has been and it just always will be and I mean somebody who's like totally objective and Sees me like totally diss the movie we just talked about and say I really like shivers. <laughs> they think I'm crazy, but I get, I think you know it's it's definitely subjective. Horror is very subjective, and it's just what you connect with, you know. And I I like I'm just so in love with him because of those <laughs> two first movies, and
2: mm-hmm. I don't
1: know. I guess I've been chasing the dragon ever since then. But um, yeah.
2: Nice. I think That's mine's really probably the probably the fly. Mm hmm. I just love the fly. It's got like so many things that I want. It even has something that I usually hate, which is romance. Um, I know, right? And I right? agree. Yeah. I, like I agree. It. I agree. So, yep. Yeah. I really, really love the fly. I just, uh that How can someone who made works.
1: that make this? <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry, because I know what he can do. Maybe that's why this is such a letdown for me. How I would about say you, the Vin? fly
0: is my personal favorite as well. Um, that was my favorite one to go back to, and uh, it totally held up to my you know, childhood recollections and love of it. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that the other gem that I hadn't seen before, that I really ended up liking, was Rabbit. Uh, mm-hmm. It was an f- excellent, actually, zombie film, um, oh. which I did not expect at all, even though I had some odd scenes <laughs> mm-hmm. uh some things that i probably should have cut out because they look terrible um <laughs> for the most part the uh the zombie actually attack scenes were really good uh yeah. so i'm really glad that i got to see rabbit during this uh retrospect but yeah the fly remains my favorite
2: that's a that's a fun thing i th- yeah i really liked rabbit too and that one was also really fun to talk about just because we were talking about the armpit
0: yeah yeah.
2: <laughs> attachment yeah. appendage yeah. Or whatever you want to call it
0: aside from the fly I can definitely see myself going back and watching Rabbit again uh, more than before any of the others um, alright so that wraps up this episode uh, let's do our uh, information at the end here uh, Jessica where can people find you on the internet
2: alright on Instagram I'm amateur.destroyer on Twitter I'm at destroyer. On Facebook, I'm just Jessica Schmidt. You can catch me in our group, um, our Facebook group. And Letterboxd, I'm ashy underscore slashy. And I just want to plug really quick. I guested on Headlong Into Monsters recently with uh, Barely Ashley and Raoul the Monster Slayer. And we had a lot of fun. We talked about the house franchise, which our listeners will, yeah, our (laughs) listeners will know that I love house. Um, and so that was really fun because I had never seen the third or the fourth one before. Um, so it was really cool to go through the whole series and talk about it.
0: Awesome. Tammy, what about you? Where can people find you?
1: Uh, Jessica, I hope you remember us little people now that you're famous and branching out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, as usual, you can find me on our, HoraCast Facebook page. Now, I have stuck my little toe back into Instagram. I'm trying it. And I'm Taminator Tammy Turner on there. Um, So, possibly you can find me there too.
0: No inappropriate DMs for Tammy. Please.
2: Okay. (laughs) I (laughs) want to keep it on Instagram.
1: I showed my inbox to Jessica so she would know I was not crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> on Facebook, uh, you could find me as Vin Horrorcast. On Instagram, I am Revenant Vin, and on YouTube, I have Revenant Reads, which is a booktube channel. And that does it. Uh, it's another episode of the Horrorcast, where it's all killer, no filler. Stay scared.